everybody. It's book club time. Uh, my name is Nate Cordry. I'm the host of Reading Aloud, and I have some new faces and some old faces here sitting around the table. Sam's an old face. Hey, hey Sam. guys. Uh, Sam, what'd you think of the book? Books are for nerds. Okay. I don't read. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we've got a table full of nerds. Uh, Dana's here. Hi, Dana. Hi. This is your first appearance on um, Reading Aloud podcast. Yes. Actually, I think it's my first appearance on any of, our, any of our, any of our, I'm scared. We're talking Don't too loud. Don't you do a staph infection? We do staph infection, yeah. Explain to the listeners what staph infection is. Staph infection is supposed to be once a week, kind of whenever we want to do it, but it's just all the staff of Earwolf, and by all, I mean usually like four of us, <laughs> um, getting into a room, getting real weird, talking about wacky things, office gossip, oh, stuff cool. coming up. Oh, goodness. Um, we do a lot of brackets about like who would win in a fight mm. like against all the employees <laughs> or all the hosts. Oh, wow. It's really exciting. Is anyone dating like within the office? Is there any sort of no. office romance? No. Oh, well, not that I know of. Mm. <laughs> mm. Maybe there's some secret stuff happening. Secrets. Secret things. I have a bone to pick with you about the holiday party. Oh. Uh, the holiday party last year was here <laughs> at the office and... This year, um, it's here at the office again. <laughs> it's also here at the office. I was assuming that it was going to be at a cool, like a like a bar space, like yes. a like a third party. <laughs> because this this company was just purchased, right, mm -hmm. by a very Scripps is a very wealthy company. They got some cash. I'm I'm assuming Midroll is flush. Yeah, with cash right now. I you would think, yeah Drop, you would think it's, that it's fifteen hundred dollars. That's all we'll take. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who it's, do I need to talk to about having a, the, the holiday party in a goddamn reasonable space? Well, to be honest, I am planning the holiday party, mm -hmm. and I've been I tried real hard to get it out of bar space. <laughs> <laughs> I tried so hard, okay. and I only I I got a budget from from Mr. Andrew Numbers Killa Walker, who was yes. our CFO, and we broke it down. We were trying to get everything we wanted, but we felt like... So I have to talk to Andrew. You have to talk to Andrew. All right, we'll call him later in the podcast. We're definitely going to call him up. Uh, thank you for joining us for I'm this I'm so excited. Club. Thank you for having me. Uh, Robert Baker is here. Hi, Hello. Robert. Hey, Robert is back. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, he was here for All the Light We Cannot See. All the Light We Cannot See. And also, he read the Declaration of Independence for my 4th of July episode, mm -hmm. which was stirring. An American. I'm your American friend. A lot of, uh, you're my only American friend. A lot of my friends who listen to the show um, are very taken by your voice, Robert. You should know oh, this. I've well, had like six emails, thanks, half guys. from strangers and half from friends saying, Robert Baker has a full, luxurious voice. Wow, that's very kind. Do you do voiceover stuff? Uh, I've tried. It's a hard nut to crack. Sure. Uh, I am the voice of Cobra Commander in G.I. Joe 2. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was, you told me that when we were at the Rustic having beers, and I was like, ah, sure, sure. You're four beers in, and you're making shit up, Robert. <laughs> you're not the voice of Cobra Commander. <clears throat> Bullshit. But indeed you are. Wow. I am, yeah. All right, well, you do have some voice work done. It, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, Amanda Walsh is here. Hi, Amanda. Hi. This is your first time uh, at... As not only on the show, but in the book club. Yes. And I, have you had any appearances on other Wolf Pop or Earwolf podcasts? I think, and I, I would feel really bad if somehow I've just completely forgotten a that podcast. That would be bad. Yeah. But I think this is the first Exciting. podcast I've ever been a part of. Great. Yeah. There's a There's a... Long initiation ceremony <laughs> with robes and candles. Thank oh, you for wait. joining us. My pleasure. Melissa Stedden is here. Hi, Melissa. Hello. This is your first appearance as well on Reading Aloud it and is. as a member of the book club. Yep. Have you ever been in a book club 
No. That was not a, never, ever. No, I've never been in a book. I've always oh, wanted to cool. be in one. Oh, this is exciting. Have you ever been in a book club, Amanda? I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dana? No. Oh, God, this is great. Robert? Just the, the one for all the light we cannot see. Okay, cool. I had a failed one in New York. We read two books and people just wanted a drink. <laughs> it's it was so to, dumb. It's hard to keep them going. Like it's we hard went to for yes. about a year, and that was a very successful. Book a year club, is good. Maybe That's, yeah. How many people? It's sort of rotating. I'd say six, six average. Okay, men and women. Yep. Man, I. It's hard to choose books because if you don't choose the right one, people just bail because they're not interested in the topic, and then no one shows up, and you're fucked. We would usually meet at a restaurant that somehow vaguely matched the theme of the book so there was kind that's of fantastic like food that's thing. very yeah. charming <laughs> that's one way to get me to come yeah like, yeah food. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll be there is we'll there chicken involved <laughs> um we're all here because we read it's so strange i chose this book because of the holiday season but then i didn't figure that we were actually doing <laughs> doing the podcast closer to thanksgiving but there are no <laughs> traditional thanksgiving books Not i don't ones. think no Mm-mm. There's like Pilgrim's Progress, I guess, but beyond that, there isn't much to read, you know? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. So um, we're we're sticking with Halloween, because I love Halloween. Yes. Halloween is a wonderful time of year, and it should be celebrated. So I did a lot of searching for like classic horror, and every list that I went to suggested The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. A little background on her. She's perhaps most famous for running the lottery. Did you guys, did oh, everyone in this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. read this when you were in ninth, eighth grade? Yep, ninth yeah, grade? back in high school. Okay, I feel like everyone yeah. has to read this. I feel like I read it in middle school, which is like kind of terrifying. Oh, well, 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 well. No, no, not like a pretentious, <laughs> but I think that it was intense. Like that's intense Yeah, there's stuff. murder. Yeah. Legit. And it is graphic, it too. It is. Yeah, like I remember the, being like super freaked. Yeah. But intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I like spooky things. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't know that was a real method of killing people until reading <laughs> the lottery. Um, so yeah, so there's the lottery and she, uh, and that took place in Vermont. Vermont, a small town in Vermont, and she lived, she married a a very famous literary critic and lived in Bennington, Vermont, and Bennington College is there, which is a, like, liberal arts, traditional sort of, like, English, and there's lots of big music school, performing arts, Um, but she lived in the woods, and I feel like she was a city chick who moved to the woods for love and started rebelling against sort of the small town, because the lottery is basically, like... This bucolic little town, but everyone is, there's a cult and people die. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of this here, not too much. Um, And then she died really young. She died at 48. Mm. She had a heart attack um, because she was, she like smoked like a chimney, I guess. She ate terribly. She was overweight, but she died really young in her sleep at 48. And this is, Haunting of Hill House was her biggest success besides the lottery. She wrote two other books. Um... But this one um, opened to critical acclaim. It was a bestseller, and they sold the movie rights for like a bajillion dollars. Um, so here we are. Um, let's go around. We can all sort of give the 50 words or less feeling on how we experience this book and whether we'd want to read it again. Dana, what did you think of The Haunting of Hill House? I don't know if I just like, here's the thing. I felt really sad by the book. Sure. More than anything else. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I, I don't want to say like I resonated with her. I'm not going crazy. But I feel like, (laughs) I felt 
really bad that she was like searching for something like this, this kind of like grass is greener on the other side kind of yeah. scenario. But then also like, she just had like a really like shitty upbringing. Absolutely. And so it was just really disturbing to me that she was kind of like damned if she stays damn she doesn't getting tr- kind of stuck like n- unsure of her identity yeah unsure of like that if the happiness that she was feeling was real or fake like there's a lot of like mind twisting and so and she was really alone like she was seeking out you know f- any kind of relationship any kind yes including one with the house yeah and it's it, it kind of can maybe including one with the house yeah <laughs> and i feel like I just, I think everyone's been in that place where, like, even if you have friends and family that you, like, reach out to to kind of, you know, bounce off of them, Mm. you can kind of reel in your own brain about, you know, something that's bothering you. So it's just, like, just anxiety. Yes, yeah. Um, So (laughs) I don't know if I'm saying too much about myself. No, 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 this is great. But, yeah, no, I mean, I just really feel like, I mean, I connected with her in a lot of ways and and felt really bad that she kind of was stuck in this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what Ms. Jackson's intention was in running it for ha- to, for you to have that kind of response. Yes, yes. This sort of claustrophobia to feel like this, I mean, because she's completely trapped. It's true. Her awareness is completely off balance. She doesn't know left from right, up from down. Well, like a and, lot of doubt, too, because obviously when she, when she gets there, she's like, well, I'm getting out of here, but then also kind of wants something different for herself. So kind of like takes the chance to go in and do the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, I liked cool. it. I liked it. It you was good. It. It's Great. intense. Uh, Robert Baker, what are your overall... Uh... I, I liked it as well. It was it was kind of confusing. And, and, like, not not that, like, what was what was happening was kind of... was, like, almost disorienting sometimes. Like, yes. it felt like I was... That I never got a sense of what the house looked like. If you tried to get me to draw the house aside That's from funny. the silo, I yeah, couldn't yeah. in a million years draw it because it seemed like it kept changing. Yeah, which was really spooky and kind of disorienting, and it kind of added to like I was like, is, is any of this happening, or is Nell just going yeah. insane? Yeah, like, does any of this exist? Yeah, I, it's funny that you mentioned the house because I had the same issue, and I kept on going back to the cover. I'm like, you idiot! This is a cover that some guy designed yeah. in 1999. <laughs> yeah. The reprint. This isn't what the house it's looks like. There's like. no silo in this buffoon, picture, and it's not orange. Um, but I, I had the same issue. I was picturing the Amityville Horror House yeah, for some reason. Totally. I, I I I was picturing the Goonies house too. Sometime. I, su- I assume like they're a- in Long Island. For some, oh, I don't yeah. know why. I assume it was. I'm oh, like, really? Oh, going to the Amityville Horror. I saw it was like the East Coast, like somewhere in the East. I don't know. That's funny. I I pictured California for some reason. Oh. I don't know why. Oh. Maybe the, uh, the 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 names of the roads or the the, the routes. I'm not sure, but it probably is because she was living in Vermont mm-hmm. at the time. I think most of her writing is based in New England, so you're probably right. I'm sure it's on the East Coast. And I couldn't tell when the story was happening because I know it was written in 59 yeah. but it felt older than that it, felt it like, did I mean I don't know if a date was ever mentioned in the beginning I don't feel like it was there wasn't but they, they had cars and yep. electric light I think so like, I think so teens 20s but, that, but there was no like there were no like historical reference points there was no like no wars were ever mentioned and like in that no time news. there was world war 1 world war 2 so it would have been a lot of stuff there was also she also t- they talked about um how they were i think when miss mrs montague showed up uh it was the first time like something from the outside world connected with them and they had no connection with anyone there's no radio no television then there's no newspaper they had no idea what was happening outside of hill house and uh so I, that was sort of disorienting i think i, I agree um, 
overall, did you feel like it was a good experience reading it, or did you want oh, to yeah. throw it? No, no, totally. Garbage? I really enjoyed it. Um, Amanda, what are your thoughts? Um, I was also pretty disoriented. It kind of felt like being in a dream a little bit. Like, Absolutely. Um, and I almost would want to go back and reread it just from this place of like, wait, did that happen? Like, I want to, I felt like I could never quite get a hold of, like, I, I think that's just she did such a good job of getting us inside Eleanor's head, yeah. really. Because I just was like, I could never really grasp, like, where am I? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Not, you know, and it, I thought that was really well done. I was also very surprised. Um, there's a lot of humor in it. Which I was, I was surprised. Welcome. Yeah, I'm excited enjoyed. to talk about that because I yeah. was really surprised by that too. Yeah. Their point of view of the whole experience, all those characters, was yeah. very jarring. I thought, why are these guys telling so many? There's so many bits. In this <laughs> yeah, <fuck."> so <laughs> many bits. I was like, what? So or like, many ha, bits. ha ha ha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in front of Mrs. Dudley. Like yeah, I, like all of them, kind of like knowingly looking at each other when mm -hmm. Mrs. Dudley says, yeah. you know. I set the table at 10 and I take away the food at 10. What a great yeah. character. Yeah, they're like, great character. Well, yeah. I would want to play her in the play. <laughs> yeah. the I think I'd be wonderful. Um, Melissa, what's your point of view? Did you dig it? I loved it. Great. I thought it was kind of spooky. At first I was like, ooh, the Amityville Horror. I read that when I was like 12. This is going to be great. Yeah. And then it goes down this like really dark road of like, oh, mental illness. That's like an adult problem. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, the first half was really good, and it led up to, like, this, the last third of the book was just this crazy, like, meltdown of her, like, running through fields. I'm like, wait, is this happening, or is yeah. this, like, in her head, or is this, like, some sixth sense? Is everyone dead? Are these all, like, figments of her, like, right. imagination? Um, so I kind of want to go back and reread that, like, last third mm. of the book to yeah. see, like, oh, I don't even know if this is happening, or yeah. if it's real. But it was really, yeah, it was great. It could have been all in her head or like the characters were like characters she wants to be or like mm -hmm. they were parts of her personality. Yeah. It was great. I feel like there's so much to get into in regards to what Shirley Jackson was trying to tell us underneath the story because I was saying to Melissa before you guys showed up that there isn't much story. It's very small. It's a very confined story. Like three things happen. And it's more about how Eleanor processes what's happening in her own world. And... So there's so much room for interpretation. I feel like you can have a lot of different points of view about what's actually happening. What is Shirley Jackson specifically commenting on? Um, what is the bigger theme that she's wrestling with? So I think that'd be fun to sort of get into. Um, I did some research into like 1950, like when this book was written. And I think it takes, my, my assumption reading it, Robert, was that it took place like in the fifth, like when it was written in the fifties. I'm assuming. Did you guys have any point? Well, of like the lesbian like undertones yeah. were like pretty daring for that Fuck time. Of yes. <laughs> oh my god. Right. I know. I was like, oh but yeah. yeah. I, I definitely think it was like fifties, but almost like in a in a way that if you drove right now to like a really small town that was kind of away from everything, like I, yeah. I, I know it's like I, I you know they're gonna be like disconnected from the world. So maybe imagine like disconnected town in the fifties, which is like yeah. even more removed from society mm -hmm. and things yeah. like that. So that's I got like a real like it was just like desolate. Yeah, um, you know, and they yeah. they really they lay that on thick. Absolutely. <laughs> so. um, I looked up 1959 just to see like what was in the news. Um, Eisenhower was president. This is just after like the Red Scare. I sort of I, I thought was it maybe this has some sort of link to like McCarthyism or something? Is this sort of like a Arthur Miller Crucible kind of thing? Yeah. But I don't think it 
is. You have to, I think you have to dig really deep to find a connection there. I don't think it exists. Very tenuous connection. Yes. <laughs> However, the effort, thank you so much. In 1959, both Alaska and Hawaii were officially states. I oh, see Eleanor wow. as Hawaii uh, mm-hmm. and Theo as Alaska. Yes. This makes sense, yeah, yes? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of Blue was released, Miles Davis classic. Oh, the Al- Blue Room. The Blue Room. See, it's all coming together, and that's our show. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Um, so there's a, so Journeys End in Lovers Meeting. This was repeated over and over and over again. Twelfth night. Is that true? It's Twelfth night. I had no idea. Really? Yeah. Well done, Robert. Did you, I guess I should have Googled that. I should have yeah. Googled it. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. Um, I'm assuming that her journey ended in a lover's meeting, a.k.a. House, she wants to fuck a house. <laughs> she it's fucks like that the house. Show, that My Strange Addiction on like TLC where people are in love with like inanimate objects. Yeah. And this guy like fucking his car. Yeah, he boned a car. Oh, shit. They don't show the boning on, the, <laughs> on TV. But they really? I mean, it must be the tailpipe, right? What else? Yeah, where is he going to put it? It's <laughs> very... It was, they, they show him like stroking the car and then yeah. it like cuts away. Oh, good <laughs> lord. Oh, God. Is that the same one? I feel like I watched one episode of this in a hotel room and I was completely appalled. <laughs> it was someone who... A woman who... Like, there's this thing where... Like, this sort of sexual fantasy where people want to be horses and they buy all the horse... Like, the bits and stuff and wow. the saddles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like they furries. Have, like furries, yeah, but horse but, furries. Yeah, and they horse make furries. Fur, horse furries. <laughs> and they make noises like they whinny like horses and they have people who like comb their hair and they can't speak. They only have to oh like, God. and they like oh. walk them around in a circle. Anyway, this is all That's part of our- wow. insane. Yeah, this is part of life in America. These things happen. <laughs> Um, wow. Journey's End in Lover's Meeting. I, I I feel like she she was always in search. She was She's alone. This woman... Yeah. We can start with Eleanor. She was... Painfully alone. Painfully alone. She's a spinster, 32. Yes. I know. That's also crazy. Like, at yeah. 32, you're a spinster? Yeah. Is that what... That's what happened to 1959? <laughs> yep. Back in the 50s. Holy mm. moly. Um, and I feel like guilt has an enormous... Uh, component to the story because of the, her mother. Right. Yeah. And also mother, I'm just I'm spouting all of this and hopefully something catches with one of you. Um, mothers too. There's this representation of mother and just like female period. Mm-hmm. Her and her relationship with Theo is, is, is very layered and confusing. And I'm assuming Theo is a lesbian who lives with her companion right. yeah. that she got in a fight with right before she stormed off. She's a sort of free spirit. Um, she's described in the trailer as maybe being a witch, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> That's because she's a lesbian. Yeah, witches. all witches. Yes. Gotta stone them. Understone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so she has all this guilt about her mother. Um, uh, Luke's mother is alive, but... He didn't basically have a mother. She, he, she was cruel to him. He has that great um, fuck. I'm not sure if I can find. Well, it. He's almost there as like a form of punishment, right? It's kind yes. of like yeah. the, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort yeah, of yeah. He like, had to watch over the house, or they couldn't be there without a yeah. It's like if you, if you want to get anything out of the inheritance one day, yeah. you've got to go right. babysit yes. this doctor who's doing his thing. <laughs> right. He's also described like his the first sentence is like Luke is a thief. Luke is yeah. a coward or something. He's like he's it's a terrible introduction. I expected him to be a, like an awful guy. And he wasn't yeah. that bad. No. 
He was really set up to be this awful guy, and then I feel like it kind of. Then he was just a dude. Then he's just yeah, it. just like a guy. Well, he, he saves. He, and he saves, saves her. Yeah. yeah, saves now when she crawls up the stairs and has Ooh, her freak out. That was a choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he also like it. it I'm, I guess this is very 1959, but he's so like people don't mix words. He's like, I'm. If you don't come down, I'm gonna fucking push you down. Like she is. She is very. He's like, I don't want to go up here and save you. Like he tells the truth. He's like, I don't want to do this. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm, this is very dangerous. As opposed to like, all right, I'll, I'll take. Don't worry about it. Relax. I'll take care of you. He just like lets it known. Like I don't want to do this, but I'm going to. And this sucks. Yeah, they're still like <laughs> being mean to her. They're like, you're a fucking yes. idiot. Get yeah. the fuck down. Exactly. From there. I yes. know. She's about to kill herself. I know. It's just very like, oh, come on down. What are you doing? You yeah. crazy. True honesty in the fifties. <laughs> Yeah. Like, no, 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 come, come. No. <laughs> yeah, if she had survived, she would have been lobotomized for sure. Oh, I f- yeah. yeah. Yep. She's hysterical. She's a hysterical exactly. woman. She's like uh, she's Rosemary Kennedy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. She's Tennessee Williams' sister. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it was also introduced really early that she has this ridiculous imagination. Um, the drive that she takes to Hill House, she has three different fantasies of these different homes that she would live in. Um, that oh, she the would cup be, with the stars. The cup. Yeah, yeah, the cup of stars. What the, what Oh, and she that? starts lying about that later, that she yeah. had the cup yes, of stars. Yes, to Theo, right? Yeah, she yeah, makes and up it was her just life. a little girl yeah. that, that she, she lived in the city in, yeah. a, in a cool apartment. All of that is invented. Yeah, that cup thing, because she really, like, it's weird. Like, she, I feel like she's, like, reeling from, like, you know, escape, you know, essentially, like, escaping her, like, her mother's grips in a weird yeah. way, but still yeah. feeling guilty. But she's, like, watching that kid and almost feeling like, yeah, kid, like, you don't drink out of that exactly. regular yeah, glass. That was, <laughs> like, don't let don't mama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but don't then, let your mother force you to drink that milk. You stand yeah, up to yeah, mama. You drink it out of that star glass exactly. or whatever. But it's, I think it comes up later on because it's, like, it's, like, the, maybe one of the first things where she's, like, I, like, she's almost, like, envious of that kid and, and she brings it back where it's, like, I just want to have my own, like, star cup, a.k.a., like, the thing that I, like, love, the like, that I'm passionate about the most and I'm doing without anybody else telling me what to do, I yeah. guess, you know? And also to have something of my own. Right, right. She didn't, I don't think she possesses anything. No, and I think she had such an awful upbringing and no, like, real, like, she had family, but it wasn't this, like, perfect idea of a family. And so she goes into, like, I think when she's on her way and she's like, you go, girl, and feeling strong, it's (laughs) it's at her, it's at her, like, the the most strength she has in the whole book because she's think she's going into this new choice of her yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's having a chance to like, okay, I'm going to redo and have the family and be in a house with other people. Well, she's in a stolen car. <laughs> I know. I feel like and the only other part. time where she is empowered is when, is at the very end when mm-hmm. she drives. Yeah. She makes yeah. that decision. They, fo- they're, they're, they're being her parents. They're saying, You're, you've been bad. You need to go home. You need to go to your room basically. And she's like, I don't want to go. I'm with friends. I have a community here. Please let me stay. No, she's being punished. And then she does the only thing that she can to like establish her personality and her own point of view, which ends up just suicide. Basically, that's the only time that she has yeah, full and, control. And at that point, I didn't even know if that was her or the house doing it. Like, is she completely possessed at that point? Great conversation to start. Okay, did any of this... So do you think that the, the house actually had powers? Powers. Was the house supernatural? I don't think so. Okay, I have one that says no. I don't know only because the others experienced some of it too. Right. 
But only because. But was that the house, or was that or was that Nell just her sneaking around and making it all on her own? Well, she wasn't doing it when she and Theodore were in the same room when they stayed in the green room. Right, they together. were in when there was room. the banging. Yeah, and yeah. they were in the room together. Yeah. That's true. Right. Okay. But did she just? Was that just in her head? Yeah, it could have. That yeah. she went into no. Theo's room and that they heard the banging. Was that in right. her Right. I mean, I guess you can always. Like Is it even real? Exactly. It could be like a 50-50 split where it's like you're like you know someone with the right mindset going into the house be like this house is creepy but like maybe wouldn't go full blown nuts but yeah. because her of her and the like, doctor were in cahoots with yeah. scaring it. Yeah. She was like yeah. ultra vulnerable mentally I yeah. feel like going into that house so maybe it just like maybe it's maybe half of it is legit and then kind of toward the end it just becomes more in her mind. I- I like I, I like that 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 Shirley Jackson made those decisions to make it sort of open ended and kind of ethereal and confusing. I feel like if I read this book when I was in high school, I'd be mad. Yeah. I'd be like, I need I need to know what yeah. is tangibly happening, who is good and who's bad, and how does it end. Like I don't I don't want to be left with any questions because that just frustrates me because I want my questions answered because I'm 16 and I'm confused about a whole lot of shit. <laughs> so figure shit out for me. <laughs> but now as a grown ass man, I appreciate that I, we don't know. And I feel like that's also, she did that very specifically. Yeah. Um, because that's also an element of mental illness. Like you don't, there are times that you don't know, that you don't know what is truth and what is what is fiction and how you sort of balance that. And, and it's scarier not to know. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why there are moments of this book that are scarier than others because it lends itself to your own insecurity about what, about how you perceive what's happening around you. Uh, and when someone on the outside comes and sort of holds up the mirror to you and you go, oh, shit, my perception is wrong. I didn't think, I thought that was one way and now it's the other. I feel like that happens over and over again. Yeah, I think it's like, like that, like fear of the unknown, which I think everybody feels. Absolutely. So, which is that constant, like, Ugh. yeah. Yeah, and I think <laughs> she did such a good job because I think you know Eleanor is so well done at the beginning. You feel like, oh, El- well, I did it. So you're like, oh, I'm totally Eleanor. Like, <laughs> I get Eleanor. Like, yeah. I get it. And then as she has this like descent into madness, I found I was like, wait, I thought I was Eleanor. Wait. Wait, has she always been like this? Why did yes. I identify yes. with the crazy yeah. one? Like, That's yes. my crazy. Because yeah. I think, like, yeah, I mean, I hope none of us have gone through like the cuckoo crazy time she had. Like, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but I think that I think that anybody can like pick, but you know, like something in your life that was like ultra stressful or ultra, you know, cause you anxiety. You can like resonate with some of her feelings sure. on that, and, and hopefully not, you know, like go as far as she did. But it definitely it touches it t- touches everybody, and I think in a different. Way. Yeah. Um, did anyone um, in page four, page five, they, uh, the doc, describing everyone that comes to the house and Theo came because she has sort of like potentially some telekinetic, you know, she's like can do ESP or something. Right. Yeah. Because she was described, she was able to describe seventeen or eighteen or nineteen out of the twenty cards, like what the image was. Ghostbusters. Exactly. Yes! I could not get that. That scene is so fucking great. Oh, you can think of Bill Murray just trying to get a date with oh, the girl and shocking and that, the and guy. And that poor guy who's sitting there. <laughs> he gets all of them right. So good. I was watching that movie like a week ago, and it, I, I landed on that scene, and I had to, I rewinded it and watched it again. Yeah, that's Because a, that guy's performance who's sitting there is so fucking good. Um, that's a really good movie. Uh, so uh, let's talk about, so is do, you, do we assume that Theodore is a lesbian, or is that... Or is Shirley specifically saying um, it's not worth figuring out? I'm just going to drop this here, and you can 
you can pass any kind I of mean, judgment I you want. I think so. I think so too. I mean, I just, that's just my initial reaction. Yeah. She wouldn't reveal who she was living with. Yeah. She was like, yeah, we decorate this, we do this. And yeah. Eleanor was like, you married? She's like, no. Yeah. And that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. That there's was- some interesting, <laughs> there's like love triangles, but not love triangles. Like yeah. what, what I, I expected it to start to like come together in that there would be some kind of pairing. And I read one review, I think it was written by a high school kid because it was like <laughs> very base. But he was like, like, I was hoping it's, you know, some banging and chicken yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's no smashing like, this thing. None of bone. <laughs> he was, he described, he said she really changed. She really went to the dark side after like there was this undescribed like her and Luke went for a walk or something, but uh-huh. she, it's never mentioned what went down, and or it's mentioned what went down. But he, this this reviewer, assumed that it was some sort of sexual thing that happened. Like when they went to like the little house, or maybe it was on the creek, um, yeah, right when, before yeah. Mrs. Montague shows up, mm. and mm. it might have been some sort of sexual thing. Because after that, she describes him as a as a, as a cad. And a scoundrel, Ooh. Eleanor does. And so it was like, did something happen there? I didn't pick it up. Some no. kid, some high school kid did. Know. So kudos on you, brother. Um, we're <laughs> at the middle of the show. We're going to take a very quick break and we'll come back with more. You're listening to Reading Aloud. We're talking about a haunted house book. Football season marches on. And while you're season long, fantasy team might be going nowhere fast. Every week is a new shot for glory at DraftKings.com. It is the destination for one-week fantasy football where you can relive the fantasy draft and play for huge prizes each week. I'm obsessed with this app. I play it every week, and it is very dangerous, but real, real fun. Challenge your friends in a custom league so you don't have to play against strangers. You can play against your friends and take their money. Just pick the contest, draft your players, and collect your winnings. That's it. And it's very easy to get your money back. It happens instantaneously. So DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season, and you could be next, but only if you play. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code READ and play for free with your first deposit in Sunday's Million Dollar Fantasy Football Contest. First place takes home a hundred grand and a lifetime of bragging rights. Enter READ for free right now. Enter it only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking about The Haunting of Hill House, uh, which is a novel by Shirley Jackson. She's dead now. I got some emails in from <laughs> listeners, and there are a lot of, um, there's some themes that we want to get into. Uh, Ashley wrote in an email. Thank you, Ashley. She said, one of the most interesting aspects of this story to me is the theme of Eleanor being lost. This idea is brought up multiple times throughout the book, and I think it complements Eleanor's lack of self-actualization nicely. On her drive to Hill House, Eleanor is constantly imagining imagining herself living in the houses and towns she passes along the way, which we mentioned. Having spent years taking care of her sick mother and not herself, Eleanor appears to have lost her sense of self entirely, making her all the more susceptible to the hauntings. The image that sticks with me the most is the child in the diner wanting her cup of stars. Eleanor latches onto this image and confesses to wanting her own cup of stars, and I think she ultimately ends up getting uh, and I think she ultimately ended up getting it in some way, which I think is spot on. Ooh, yeah. Is she a chi- it seems like she's a child. She is a completely repressed child who hasn't had the ability to 
become a grown person. I guess her her childhood was much happier than her adulthood because she had to take care of her mother, and I'm sure she had a great childhood, and she just envies the little girl and wants to go back to that time of, like, innocence yeah. and yeah. when she was happy. Yeah. It's like when you're a kid, you, like, imagine so much of, like, you know, in the, in the moment or what your life's going to be when you grow up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she kind of got, like, plateaued, like you said, taking care of her mother for so long. Yeah. And then, you know, when she comes out of this, it's like she's using all these fantasies as, like, a coping mechanism. Because right. sometimes, like, in your mind, it feels like it's a, it's a comforting. And then you kind of, like, come back down to real life. You're like, oh, all my problems. Right. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So I think that's what she was feeling is yeah. that she was just like, la, 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 and, you know, on her drive. And so. her fantasies are kind of juvenile. They it's very like, much are. It's like yeah. she yeah. wants to be alone a with princess. white cats. Like a princess. Totally. She would clean her lion statues with a yeah. few tips. Oh, yeah, the yeah. lion statue. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was really that was cool. So strange. I really liked the lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, it actually made me like want to go out and buy some lion statues. <laughs> um, Ashley also wrote, with the entrance of Mrs. Montague came a marked change in Eleanor's character. Though many of the characters thought of Montague's psychic work as mumbo-jumbo, her communing with the spirits in the house affected Eleanor deeply. At least it was after Mrs. Montague's arrival that I noticed other characters not addressing Eleanor as much, and Eleanor spending more time in her head than interacting with the other characters. Yeah. I yeah. feel like because she was, Montague is such a, like, strong... Reminded her of her mother. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that too on the nose, or is that exactly that's what what's I happening? Thought. Sounds about right to me. I think She's so like, too. I don't want to deal with that again. <laughs> yeah, mommy is scary, mommy is bad. And Mrs. Montague was a straight-up biatch. She was a biatch, yeah. for sure. I didn't like her at yeah. all. She was Mm-mm. stern and... I loved her when she first came in. You did? Like, oh, yeah. Some sass. Fun. Let's get you some go, girl. Yeah. yeah. Let's get some more sass in this house. I liked Arthur, just the kind of clueless guy that's obviously fucking this guy's wife. I know. Like, I know, right? like, so, so strange. I didn't understand that relationship. Like, and Arthur's here. It's like uh, yeah. no explanation. Just like we're gonna go to this room and like we'll leave. It's like, like John Travolta yeah. and Marcellus Wallace. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 <laughs> now I know where what's his name got the idea for Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Were you about to say something? I was just going to say, um, in terms of her character changing with Mrs. Montague. Montague? Yeah. There. Uh, yes. Yes. I think so. Um, the other way I saw it, which is more just like the ghost story way, was that when Mrs. Montague came mm. in with Planchette and started messing with stuff, it activated the spirits to be able to take their hold on Eleanor or if Eleanor's the spirit whatever it's mm. that's sort of what made the change in the the way the mm-hmm. house was behaving yeah, yeah, yeah. towards her. yeah it definitely it definitely like intensified everything that was happening to or inside or around whatever the case may have been Eleanor yeah like, absolutely and, and like per the conjuring and all of the paranormal activity movies when you start like bringing like Ouija boards and that kind of exactly. stuff in they don't like it don't unsettle get real shit. mad exactly. yeah there's like nope so I don't know she's gonna be like nope there yeah. was a there's very few passages <laughs> <laughs> fucking nailed you Dana there's some there are very few passages in this book that I found um like beautifully written. I feel like I, I appreciate Shirley Jackson and the arc of the story and um, and I guess the comment on mental illness and, and sort of hysteria. But there wasn't a lot that I, I, I think once or twice in this book did I go, oh, wow. Yeah, um, pretty utilitarian writing. Yeah, sparse. Not a like, lot of poetry. No. A few jokes here and there. Yeah, yeah. There some oh, jokes yeah. that were good. I highlighted some things on my iPad that I was like, ha that's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you read on your iPad. 
Yeah. Do you usually read uh, books on your iPad? It's or? the fastest way to get when I'm like, I want to read this book right now. Yeah. Just download them. Yeah, totally. Did you guys, you have hard copies? I, I did it on an iPad as well. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. I'm like a book. I need to like hold it. I do too. I'm I just really recently caved and got a Kindle. Oh, which no. I, I know. It's really fun. You like I, it? I like it's it. It's just oh. you can get so much on there. It's, like, yeah. I know. I think it's more travel. Like I, I yeah. don't want to bring three books in a backpack. I want to have something that weighs yeah. four ounces. Very torn. I'm in that, I'm in that like, I, I hear, don't want to carry it, but I want to. If you, you can read something, if you love it, and it's a book that you really love, you can just go out and get it so you have a hard copy. Yeah, yeah. I need hard copies of things that I love because I like want them to, you know, I want to have them like, I want them to be tangible as yes. opposed to just computer graphics. Um, <laughs> page 132 is one of the few times when I thought, oh my God, this is, this is wonderful. This needs to be read aloud because that's the name of the show. She's just describing it's it's not spooky or supernatural. She's just describing nature, basically. She says, On the afternoon of the day that Mrs. Montague was expected, Eleanor went alone into the hills above Hill House, not really intending to arrive at any place in particular, not even caring where or how she went, wanting only to be secret and out from under the heavy dark wood of the house. She found a small spot where the grass was soft and dry and lay down, wondering how many years it had been since she had lain on soft grass to be alone to think. Around her, thinking about childhood, around her the trees and wild flowers with that oddly courteous air of natural things suddenly interrupted in their pressing occupations of growing and dying torn, turned toward her with attention as though dull and imperceptive as she was, it was still necessary for them to be gentle to a creation so unfortunate as not to be rooted in the ground, forced to go from one place to another, heartbreakingly mobile. Idly, Eleanor picked a wild daisy which died in her fingers and lying on the grass looked up into its dead face. There was nothing in her mind beyond an overwhelming wild happiness. She pulled at the daisy and wondered, smiling at herself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh boy. I love that. I, I, the, the, idea of, um, the idea of nature being a thinking, live thing that is sympathetic towards humans because they, because they move, that they don't get to appreciate being ground to something. And I think also, like, isn't that what... Eleanor is just desperate for to be grounded in whatever family community some sort of sense of connection whether or not it's one life that just you grow and you die even that is worth something and if you're mobile you don't have the chance to find roots and settle and sort of get into a groove I found that that was like the only thing that I highlighted from this book that I found sort of moving and poetically beautiful I guess um the, int- the first paragraph, like about the description of the house, how it's not sane, is kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was the only time in the book that I thought that, oh, this is a beautiful turn of phrase. I felt like the rest of the book didn't really have much of that. Did anyone experience mm-hmm. any other bits where you were like, oh, this is uh, beautifully written? There was a part um, that I don't even, I might have had the page marked. But I don't know that it wasn't as beautiful a turn of phrase as that, but I was very struck by it. It's when Eleanor has her first and really only solo conversation with Luke. And she's thinking, like, as he's talking, she's analyzing mm. the whole conversation. And then she's like, oh, he's selfish or oh, yes. he's this. And yeah, I, thought, yeah, yeah. I went back and read it like three times. I thought it was so, it was very real and so well done and yeah. well crafted. And it might not have been as, uh, 
rich in the way of the mm-hmm. scene about nature, but something about the sparseness and the simplicity was very visual, and I could feel it. Did you? Did everyone else um, find themselves rereading? Sections. Yeah. I had trouble. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would read four or five sentences and go, uh, wait, wait, what is... Towards the end when she was off walking through the fields, I was like, is this happening? Or I had to yeah. read a few pages. Yeah. And when she comes up, she comes upon the picnic. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was... I was like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah like, it was in color and it yeah. was like, it was, it, was li- it was lit up or something. Yeah, you're like, what? And all the white trees the when white she went trees walking. The white trees when they went walking, that was... <clears throat> oh, that was very weird. And she was dancing around the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very strange. It was weird. Yeah. I feel like she also changed um, perspective. It happened early in the book, so you kind of got used to it. But she would be saying someone, like someone would be talking, and then all of a sudden the next sentence would be someone, would be Eleanor's point of view and what was happening. And I had trouble following, like, wait a minute, hold on. Is is this still what the doctor is saying, or is this what Eleanor is is thinking, or is it what Mm -hmm. she's saying? And I feel like I had to do that a couple times, and I got a little Mm -hmm. frustrated by having to do extra work. Yeah. The book's trying to make you crazy, too. <laughs> yes. I know. I cut, there are times. I wondered if yeah. it wasn't, though. I wonder if she wasn't just kind of like, well, that kind of fucks with you. I think I'm just going to leave it Yeah, like I'm going to keep that in there. <laughs> it was like a mistake. She's like, I'm leaving it in. <laughs> yeah, one of her editor was like, I don't understand this. She's like, perfect. So do you feel that. crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really great descriptions of her. Um, oh, fuck. Where is it? Uh, of her being like really childlike. Um let me see here. Oh, yeah. Page 1661. She's just sort of alone with her thoughts when they're all sitting around like playing chess and having conversations. People are talking and then it just all of a sudden goes into her brain and she just sort of has a stream of consciousness, <laughs> which I laughed out loud at several times. And I don't think it was intended. Um <laughs> I, I, I had intended, and the doctor looked around at them with bright, anxious optimism. I had intended to ask if you all prayed, played bridge. Of course, Eleanor said, and this is not in quotes, I play bridge, she thought. I used to have a cat named Dancer. I can swim. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was all very right. weird. It was so fucking, I was like, she is a seven years old. And then the following page, <laughs> we'll, do something, uh, we'll do something else inse- instead, Eleanor said. I can play bridge, she thought. I like apple pie with sour cream, and I drove here by myself. <laughs> Which really made me laugh. Oh, she's, no. she's psyched. She drove there by she's herself. She's so jazzed. Yeah. To me, that was her like trying to be brave. Like, she yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like, I, yeah. those are the only grounding things, like going back to looking for something to root. Like, these are the things yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, I drove here. Like, confidence. Apple pie. She's vaguely uh, on. Else? I can swim. Yeah. I'm she's here. like, yeah. I feel like I see, it's like she's like, uh, she's vaguely autistic in those moments. Also, when they're yeah. introducing each other, it's like, my name's Theo because I'm wearing blue. My name's blah, 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 because I've got a blue shirt on. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, right, they're yeah. saying yeah. It's very strange, like, very simple. Who I feel knows? Like, like, maybe maybe they are saying it that way, or maybe it's her interpreting it that way. Like, is, this, is this supposed to be funny, or is this a joke? Like, yeah. 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 They're just messing around. I don't know. It's like, her saying that she had a cat named Dancer really made, <laughs> me, <laughs> that made me laugh. One thing that made me laugh was when uh, Mrs. Montague came, and she had their big suitcase, and... Eleanor whispered to Theo, she's like, maybe her suitcase is filled with ectoplasm. Yes, <laughs> yes. I didn't, I didn't know that ectoplasm was a term that right. had been... I, also, she it, also referenced, like, uh, uranium, too, at some point. Really? Yeah. I was, like, being underneath Weird. the house or something? Yeah. Yeah. Something weird within the, the house itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strange. Um, what do you think the... Uh, 
I mean, it's so specific that these Crane sisters, that these two women fought over the house, and that was sort of the, the and then origin. There's another, the other one had a, her little f- girl companion. Oh, yes, right. Yes. That's right. Really I forgot about the other. Yeah. There's two lesbian she relationships. She was a sugar mama. And she yes. Was yeah. This young yeah. <laughs> what was happening? I, I mean, is Murdered that just- Murdered her to get the house. Yeah. Yeah. I f- yeah. I'm the only person who was like companion. <laughs> even even Theo, I was like, oh, her roommate. They got in a fight. Sure. And it, like yeah. wasn't until later. I was like, oh, wait a second. I feel yeah. If it was written in in 2013, 2014. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, gals have roommates. Plenty of. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have to have a sexual relationship <laughs> with. Um, we're gonna finish up, but before we finish up, I want to go around the room and just get everyone's sort of closing thoughts. I also want to ask because Amanda and Robert are man and wife. I know I was there. I saw it happen live in front of my eyes. Did you guys read this book like at the same pace at the same time or did you how did it go? No, I had I had finished it about a week ago. She finished it this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was I, I was finished like, it this morning. I was like, I hey, did you get as yes. well. <laughs> last night. Okay, great, great. Great. So it's fresh in our brains. I was like, did you get did you read that? I couldn't I couldn't discuss it at all. This yeah, is yeah, the yeah. first time we've Oh, I know. Thanks. But now you can. Now you can on the ride home. You can actually have a a full discussion. Um, That's I I do love like if if you're in a relationship and you're reading the same book at the same time, it's really fun because you can have like it's just a running book club. Yeah. With your roommate. Yeah. Your companion. I'm sorry, your companion. Your companions. We all have companions. (laughs) Um, So let's go around the room uh, just one more time to sort of let everyone know your overall. And would you recommend this book? To a friend or stranger, Melissa. Um, I would recommend it. Yeah, as me too. Sort a very scary book. It's scary because like our worst fears are in our mind. Yeah, and not really. It's the house is kind of like the backdrop. Yeah, it doesn't the house is like it creaks and it makes weird noises and there's blood on the wall. Writing Eleanor come home, but right. The scariest part is. In Eleanor's mind, she's so unhappy, and she's trying to find this happy place, and it has a lot to do with mental illness, and yeah. we've all experienced some sort of mental yep, illness. But absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's, I agree. I think Definitely I, thinking about it afterwards. And, yeah, the scariness of understanding that the mind is in control, and if you, you, like, you you have no, if, being able to control your mind and, like, leash it is very difficult, and if you let it get the better of you. You'll drive your car into a tree, Amanda. <laughs> no, what is you'll it? be free, and you'll, then you'll be free, and you'll finally fuck the do house. Don't do it, though. Don't really don't do, do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. No one drive your car into a tree. Amanda, is this book gonna stay with you, or is it just gonna kind of collect dust on the bookcase, and you, you'll never think about it again? Uh, no, I think I'll definitely think about it. I think it really it set a real mood that definitely yeah. lingered. I wouldn't. I didn't like to read it. I'm also just a bit of a chicken, but I wouldn't read it at night right before bed. Oh, nice. Cool. Because it just sort of would, it would stick around when I wasn't reading it. Yeah. Um, So I would definitely recommend it to someone who is looking for a moody, different kind of scary book. And I also loved the the female, like there were so many different complicated women in this. And there was the the way that Eleanor and Theo kind of had this like love-hate Thinking horrible things, being nice to each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but they were in love as well. Yeah, I feel like yeah. holding it's each other's it was, hand and like needing each other for support. Yeah, I found that just so interesting. Yeah, so it's another reason to check it out. Yeah, Robert. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it, especially if you like horror but not gore. 
Because like I don't I don't care for gore at all. Don't find unless it's done comically. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does, it's not scary at all. <laughs> yeah. to me. Shaun of the is, Dead is great gore. Yeah, or like uh-huh. the Evil Dead or something. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. All that stuff's really funny. But if it's but when it's like it, when that's like where the scare is trying to come from, it's not very effective to yeah. me. And I I imagine it turns a lot of people off. So I I really like this kind of. Not light horror, but like so there's the psychological yeah, horror psychological. And, and, the, and the unknown, you know, I guess, which is the psychological thing. Just like what could it be rather yeah. than, than what something explicitly stated to scare. Yeah. Would you recommend this book to a friend or stranger? Oh, yeah. Dana? Yes, I would definitely recommend it for sure. Um, yeah. I definitely, yeah, kind of along those lines. Like, yeah, I feel like. It's it can resonate with anybody because, you know, I feel like everybody has those anxieties and fears and that definitely comes across in this book. It's not just like, oh, there's a scary guy in the closet and he jumps out and whatever. It's not like it's not like popping out. It's more like you can interpret it any way you want. I feel like I think a lot of us had like some moments where we did resonate, you know, with now and just, you know, it's I feel like you can definitely put your own experiences into the book, which makes it more scary because you're like, you know? Yeah. Um, And yeah. And I think also like maybe on a positive note, because I know we've kind of talked about like, you know, the mental illness of it and the anxiety of it and the, you know, feeling like you're trying to find yourself. I think you can maybe try to find positivity out of it too, like finding yourself in a healthier way. (laughs) Um, Uh And, and also I don't think it's necessarily bad to be imaginative and to have like childlike wonder, but maybe not let it run your life. Like having, having like false hope or, you know, I think that like getting meditative and getting one with nature is great, but maybe not um, using it, as a full-blown coping mechanism for everything going on tangible yeah. in your life. Well, she yeah, died yeah. happy. She, she did. I feel did. like she did. She, she kind of did. Like, yeah. she'd been waiting. I feel like in, early in, in the book, she's described as, like, her entire life she's been waiting for mm-hmm. Hill House. I forget exactly what the passage is. During the whole underside of her life, ever since her first memory, Eleanor had been waiting for something like Hill House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she really gets it in the end. There was, there was one quick thing that I was like, ugh. She said that there, even when she was talking about, like, toward the end of the book, like, how long she's been there or whatever. And she says, it's the only time anything's ever happened to me. I liked it. Yeah. Which yeah. is, like, so, holy like, fuck. holy shit. That yeah. was an intense line. <laughs> just, <laughs> very intense. Just yeah. looking for experience. Yeah. Just life experience, no matter how I fucking get it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. And the journey Ugh. ends when lovers meet. Yes. And her in the tree. Journey. Love was making <laughs> yes. a decision tree. to yeah. do that. Which character in Twelfth Night drives their horse into a tree? <laughs> it's uh, Horatio. <laughs> man, he ain't no Twelfth Night. Come on, man. He's great in Twelfth uh, Night. I th- it's whoever the clown is. I think Festy was the name of the clown in Twelfth Night. Okay. Yeah. It's like uh, the first play I was ever in. It's the only reason I know anything. Oh, really? Yeah. That's one I don't. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, is Andrew Augcheek yeah. in 12? Okay. Yeah. And Toby Belch. Toby Belch, right. Yeah. Um, Robert Baker is our uh, in-house Shakespeare expert. Hello. Uh, <laughs> where can we find you on uh, on social media, Robert? Uh, at Sly Huckleberry on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Amanda, where can people find you? At Amanda Lee Walsh on Twitter and at... Armando Lee Walsh on mm. Instagram, just yes. to confuse it for now. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Melissa? At Melissa Stetton on Twitter, and the same thing on Instagram. And Dana? <gasps> at Dana Wickens on Twitter, and at Dana Wickens on Instagram. And Sam, where can people find you? 
Um, <clears throat> my Instagram is uh, pizza underscore urethra. <laughs> yeah. What oh, is okay. it really? That. that is it. I thought it was pizza sex. That username, totally not taken. Che, he switched it up. <laughs> you can find me at I'm Nate Cordry or Nate Cordry on Instagram. Or the show is Reading Loud Pod uh, on Twitter. And the next book for December is Station Eleven, Emily St. John Mendel's new book, which was a National Book Award finalist and a Penn Faulkner Award finalist. Um, it's been getting unbelievable reviews. I feel like it's her first book. Um, it's sort of an end, it's a kind of a end of days story. Um, it's like a pandemic and cool stuff happens. Uh, but I hear it's great. People are, it's gotten four stars on Amazon, four and a half stars in Goodreads, so people love it. So go pick up Station Eleven, Emily St. John Mandel, and join us for another book club in mid-December. Um, for Melissa Stanton, Amanda Walsh, uh, Robert Baker, and Dana Wickens, and Sweet Sam, Pizza Urethra? <laughs> pizza underscore urethra. <laughs> My name's Nate Cordry. Thanks so much for listening to Reading Loud, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, you hit me like a hurricane! Hey, it's Sean Clements from Hollywood Handbook, and that's an Earwolf podcast. And it's come to my attention that Earwolf and Howl has been doing a nefarious activity where they are sneaking uh, clips from other shows into the end of podcasts. And it happened on ours, and I thought it was morally questionable at best, and we should we would never do that to you, try to trick us into listening to our podcast. So this is just me making an announcement to you, a listener of a different show, that we will never, ever try to sneak a clip of our show into the end of another show because, frankly, it's disgusting to me. And I hope, I Hope, I hope that they do not attach a clip of my show that they feel would be a highlight and a selling point to an uninitiated listener onto the end of this message. It would defeat the entire purpose of what I'm saying, and they promised me they wouldn't. And so now what's going to happen is I'll stop talking and nothing else will play afterwards. And that's the way I want it. And that's what's good. And you're welcome for me being so righteous. There are just so many other options for who could have done this. Some of the really tough guys out there. Maybe someone actually tough. Who should have been the Batman. For example, how about one of these Metallica guys? Nothing's tougher than rocking, rocking out so hard. On the drums. It could have been, and I hate to say this, but what about Kim Jong-un? Yes, what about Kim Jong-un? Who's scarier and tougher? And who's rich and can afford all those gadgets? Yes. Hollywood Handbook. This has been a Wolf Pop production. Executive produced by Paul Shear, Adam Sachs, Chris Bannon, and Matt Gorley. For more information and content, visit wolfpop.com.